You're listening to the New Life Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're a family of believers in Anderson, Missouri, that want to experience God in a real way, both inside and outside the walls of a building. For more Sunday messages, upcoming events, or to get in touch, visit new-life-church.net. So what is it we set our mind on? What is it we are spending our time in? Are we spending more time listening to the over 5,000 commercial messages that we are exposed to on a daily basis, is what some advertisers say, that tells us that we'll be happy if we eat this or wear that or buy this or live like such and such? Are we countering that with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he is the only way, the truth, the life, and only those who come through him will be saved. Well, this was going on over 1,900 years ago with this church, just like in Colossae, just like we can see elements of that, fragments of that going on in our own hearts and lives today here. So this is very relevant to us. So this morning, I'm going to break up our eight verses in three sections here. First section is going to be verses one and two, entitled, Saints in Christ. Saints in Christ. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Timothy, our brother. So Timothy, first and second Timothy, that Timothy is with Paul. To the saints in Christ at Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters. What a great encouragement. What a great compliment. I would love to hear that around town. About our church, about other churches. It doesn't just have to be about believers in general. That people, when they hear of believers in general, they say, hey, you know what? They're faithful. They're faithful brothers and sisters. They're not mean and rude. They're not trying to argue with me every time I disagree with them. They tip terrible when they go out to eat on Sundays afterward. Or any other time of the week. You know, when they drive and I see them driving, they cut me off like I don't even exist. No, they're faithful. They're faithful. They're dependable employees. They're consistent. I see them make mistakes, but love their spouses well. I see them love their neighbors well. I see them love their kids well. Faithful brothers and sisters. And Paul is not saying that they are faithful that they are saints in Christ because they are perfect in everything they do and believe. Paul says that they are saints in Christ and faithful brothers and sisters because they are in Christ. It's because of who they are in. And by saying they are in Christ, it means that they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so Paul calls them saints. It is not their works or their choices. It is because they believe the supremacy of Jesus Christ. His birth, his faultless life, the horrible death, but a death that he submitted to and willingly went to the cross. And then his glorious resurrection. That gospel that supremacy of Jesus Christ. 
which also allowed for Paul to also be able to say and pro- confidently proclaim that he was an apostle of Jesus Christ by God's will. An apostle of Jesus Christ by God's will. Are we confident in that because we're in Christ? Can we confidently say, I am a saint in Christ by God's will? Now, if you see the world like I do and think the way I do about myself, then you might struggle with that one. I tend to be a little bit harder on myself than most everybody else around me is. And so to think that I'm a saint, like, yeah, get a little big-headed here. But don't misunderstand this. It's not about you or me. It's about who's in me. And his work on the cross that I can say that confidently about myself. It's because of who is in you, if Jesus Christ is your Savior, that you can confidently say that about yourself. If you know him, you too are a saint in Christ. You too are a faithful brother and sister. Now Paul says that he's an apostle and that technically means that is one who is sent out and I know that there are people who claim that title these days and call themselves that and scripture can be specific in some areas about it and not as specific about it in other areas instead of spending a lot of time on the technicalities of it where I've landed I encourage you to study this on your own I don't think it's a title that we should use today all right so if you think that you need to start calling me apostle Matt I'm going to say please don't I just don't see in scripture how that is a relevant title to call who we are today versus who the apostles were in the New Testament. And you can chase that down on your own time if you'd like to. So our second section here, our first section being saints in Christ in verses 1 and 2. Our second section being faith in Christ and love for others. And we're going to go through verses 3, 4, and the first part of 5. Faith in Christ and love for others. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. So here Paul and Timothy encourage the young church by telling them that they pray for them. Now, we talk about prayer around here a lot. And we're going to continue to talk about prayer around here a lot. Prayer is the single most important and powerful way that we can love each other. Now, if we say we've prayed for somebody and we know that they have a need that we can help meet, that doesn't mean you're done just praying for them, okay? This isn't a, hey, I've done my part, I've prayed for them only. But if you're also in a situation where I wish I could do more, all I can do is pray, don't diminish the ability to pray for somebody. Every single one of us are without excuse when it comes to praying for each other. We can all do that. Whether we have a tongue, whether we speak another language as our primary language, whether we are physically able to cut up trees this last week that some people needed help with, or climb on roofs and put on tarps, Or not. 
Praying for each other is the single most powerful thing that we can do. And the best way we can love each other. And I believe that it's also very important to take that second step in our prayer of not just doing it, but letting them know you are. Letting them know that you are praying for them. What an encouragement that can be. When you're just going through your week and your head's down and you've got tunnel vision, you're just trying to make it to the next thing and then that text comes through. Hey, I prayed for you today. Like, ah. Somebody thought of me. Somebody cares. Somebody went before the creator of the universe on my behalf. What an encouragement. What a blessing that can be. If you've had somebody do that, you know what I'm talking about. To get that text, to get that phone call, to get that message, knowing that somebody has prayed for you can be an incredible blessing and encouragement. Thus, Paul and Timothy are letting this church know that we have never visited, that we've never met you. We are praying for you. I equate it to like if, <clears throat> in their situation, I equate it to be like if Billy Graham, who was still alive, sent us a message by video. And he'd heard about our little church in Anderson. And we showed the video message up here. <clears throat> and he looked at us and he said, you know, I have heard about the work that you are doing in Anderson. I've heard about you faithful brothers and sisters. And I want you to know I'm praying for you. Or maybe it's John Piper for you. Or maybe it's another evangelist or pastor you listen to or are familiar with or read their books. What an encouragement would that be for them to look at us, even if it was by video, to say, hey, I'm praying for you. I've heard about your work in the Lord. I've heard about your faith and I'm praying for you. If you are here this morning, you don't believe in the power of prayer, then I would encourage you to try praying more. I believe there's also correct ways to pray. Praying for God to give you a free Ferrari. I would not suggest that. But praying God's promises, praying for his will to be done, praying for God to act according to his nature and his will, his character, who he is, and what he's done and what he's promised to do, that's always a yes and amen through Jesus Christ. And I'm always amazed when I've asked people if I could pray for them or how I could pray for them and they say, I'm good. I don't know how. Let me give an answer for you. If you've ever answered that way when somebody's asked, let me give you something. Ask him to pray for you to grow in your faith. Because we've never arrived. In fact, I believe our faith will increase even in heaven. I believe that we'll be continuing to explore the wonders and mysteries of God for all eternity. How can our faith not continue to grow? So there is always that. How about for wisdom? 
Have you had a perfect track record the last year in your decisions you've made? (laughs) I haven't. Ask to pray for wisdom. Do you perfectly love others around you? Me either. Ask for somebody to pray for you to increase in your love for others, that you would see them as God sees them. Even the difficult relatives. You know what I'm talking about. Paul and Timothy then expound on their encouragement by letting them know their faith in Christ and the love for all the saints is well known. In other words, their reputation is preceding them. In today's world with modern technology and the ability to communicate electronically to almost anyone, anywhere, we could hear of somebody's faith and love for Christ and for others in one minute and just a couple of minutes later hear about how that same person is contradicting their faith and even as of late if you've been on any kind of mainstream Christian news lately the last couple weeks there have been some prominent so-called prominent leaders and even a pastor who is well known who's authored books that have said that they are walking away from the faith It's sad and it's tragic. But you see, over 1,900 years ago, to hear of somebody's faith and love in Christ for others to be known, that was saying something. It wasn't a quick phone call or a text message or an email or a post on social media. There had to be consistent choices made, reputations established and grounded in the community and in the city. And on top of that, then somebody would have to travel out of that area to where the hearer was. And that could take days, weeks, months, years, depending on where it was. And so for Paul and Timothy to say that, who was saying something? This church would have had to have consistently demonstrated their faith and love for others. And then that message would have had to travel. I'm wondering, would the other residents in our community Say that we are a church with gro- that is growing in faith in Christ and a love for others. If we were to go down to Stangs or we were to stop in at Casey's or <clears throat> Town and Country or wherever, and just sit there and hang out, drop a question. Hey, what do you what do you know about that church, New Life? You heard anything about them? What are they known for around here? Are they even known? I think there are some building up above the high school. And I don't know. Is that, is that them? Are we known for a people who is growing in their faith and love for Christ and love for others? Do we even exist in the community's mind? I don't know. I hope we do. Our third section here is the rest of verse 5 through verse 8, entitled Gospel Producing Fruit. 
You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learn this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has told us about your love in the Spirit. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the seed of the soil, the fertilizer, the sunshine, and the rain that produced the fruit in the Colossians' lives that was growing all over the world. What fruit? What does that tangibly look like on a day-to-day basis? And we'll explore this more throughout the book in the coming weeks. But simply put, one of my favorite little tags around here, GC squared life. And what I mean by that is the great commandment is the first GC. The great commission is the second GC. So the GC squared life in Matthew 22 and Matthew 28. Great commandment being love God and love others. Great commission meaning go into all the world. Make disciples of Jesus Christ. This hope In the word of truth, the gospel, it is the good news. It is the best news. You see, it's not a sales pitch to share the hope and love of Jesus Christ with somebody. It's not so that this room can be full. It's not that. We have the best news living inside us. Would we not desire and long to share that with those around us? If we had the cure for cancer and our neighbor had cancer, would we not want to share that with them? They had a tree on their house and we had the ability to help them cut the tree off. Would we not want to help them cut the tree off? This is beyond the cure for cancer. This is beyond helping a neighbor out with a tree. This is eternity. This is life and death and not just a temporary death, an eternal death or an eternal life. Something that I'm concerned with about us is that could we really explain the gospel of Jesus Christ if somebody asked or presented with the opportunity? Could we? Tony has opportunities with Uber drivers on the West Coast and East Coast, often in his travels. If you had that opportunity in the back of a car of an Uber driver, they're trapped with you for 30, 45 minutes an hour. They've got nowhere to go, right? Now we don't want to be rude and hit them on the back of the head while they're driving till they've, you know, nothing like that. We're sharing the best news with them. Could you? Do you know how? I've seen some statistics that most Christians, most believers get scared that they're going to say something wrong or they don't know how. Well, I'm going to help you out this morning. There shouldn't be one of us that walks out of here today that doesn't know how to do this after this. 
And the reason why is because I believe, even if you already know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to preach this to yourself every day in the morning as your eyes are starting to open and you're already starting to think about the to-dos or the I don't want to's. Father God, Jesus Christ came and stood in my place because I have sinned. I have disobeyed you. He humbled himself to become like what he created, a human being. Lived on this earth so that he could empathize with me as I go through hard things and live this life. Only he didn't sin. He did not ever once disobey you. And he chose to lay down his life for me, for the wrath that I deserve. But he didn't end there. He rose again. He defeated death. And he rose again and he ascended back to heaven and he is now preparing a place for me. That's my version of it. If that doesn't get you going in the morning, you got to get in this a little more and you got to get on your knees more. I have the opportunity today to glorify God, to love him, to love others, to share the best news with others because he saved me. My eternity is secure. So when the trees fall in our house and we're without power for several days or we lose our job or when our loved one dies, oh, hard things. We know that this is temporary. We know that God can make this good here and he's promising, guaranteeing that he'll make it good beyond here. Where someday there will never be another tree that falls on our house. (laughs) There will never be another loved one who dies. There will never be another tear shed for pain or sorrow or lament. The gospel of Jesus Christ, he came paid the price for us. He defeated death and rose again. And he desires to be in a relationship with you. He loves you. He loves me. We should just go home. (laughs) I mean, it's that good. It's that good. But I'm not quite done, sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not apologizing. (laughs) this gospel that we need each and every day that those who've never met Jesus need even far more desperately than we do is the supremacy of Christ is what this letter to the church in Colossae is all about as I've encouraged you in past series that we've done, I'll do so again in this one. Take time to read this as much as you can between Sundays. You know how we do it around here. I'm not the only one that preaches, so there'll be breaks in this series. You'll just get to read even more <clears throat> on those weeks. It takes about 13 or 14 minutes to read it. The whole book. 
I bet we've all got 15 minutes a day in us, right? There's something we can say no to. And we probably blow that much time on Facebook in the first couple hours of the day, right? Two questions I want to ask. First, to the believers. Something I want you to kind of take home and think about. Would, would this community, would your neighbors, would your friends, your family consider you to be a faithful brother or sister? As they look at the fruit of your life, could it be defined as gospel-producing fruit? And gospel-producing fruit can look like the mom in her home with her young ones serving them. It can look like going above and beyond in the workplace. It can look like being a good neighbor. It can look like being kind to the cashier or the waiter or waitress. There's elements and opportunities of it each day. A question for somebody, or more than somebody's, possibly, who do not currently believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you, do you find that you lack purpose and meaning for your life? Do you find yourself struggling with what's the point in places of despair, in places of just get up and do the thing with no joy? And no meaning. If you found yourself asking those questions, there is an answer and it's Jesus Christ. Coming to church is not the answer. I believe it's once you've believed in the answer, it's a part of our growth and faith. But if you are just coming to church and say, hey, I've just, I've been to church my whole life. There will be many not in heaven of people who have gone to church their whole life. And that keeps me awake at night. Church does not guarantee salvation. Mom and dad, being faithful at church and being saved does not guarantee salvation. It's your choice, your belief in Jesus Christ as a risen son of God who stood in your place for your sin. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a lackadaisical choice. It's not a, hey, that sounds good. These seem like nice people. I kind of want to hang out with them, so I want to accept Jesus Christ as my savior. No, he's asking for your everything. I'm not going to lie to you about this. I'm not going to bait and switch you like a used car salesman might be. If you're a used car salesman and you don't do that, no offense, sorry. But I think you all know what I'm getting at here. It's not a guarantee of your life's going to be perfect afterward. It is a guarantee that the creator of the universe, that your savior will walk beside you and be your brother and your friend. 
and he will give you what you need for as long as he gives you breath. And our rejoicing and our celebration is for all eternity. He will give you purpose and meaning that you have not found in anything else, nor will you find in anything else. So don't leave here today. Don't leave here this morning with questions about that. Please. If I'm talking to somebody after and you need to talk to somebody about it, interrupt. Whoever I'm talking to will be okay with that. If I'm not the guy, a guy standing in the back with the really cheery shirt on, Kurt can talk to you as well. Tony and Donna up here in the front. There's other ladies in the room. If you'd like to speak to a lady, I can point you to. Don't leave here today wondering what it's all about, wondering why. Quick review. That we would desire and become saints in Christ, those who have already chosen to believe in him, that we would live out our lives that way, the GC squared life. If you don't know him, that you would choose him. There's nothing in scriptures that says will cause celebrations in heaven like somebody who was once lost choosing Christ. Second, that we would grow in our faith in Christ and love for others. That we would not be a stagnant pond that festers and grows mold and mosquitoes in our faith, but that the community would hear of our faith and not because we're trying to gain fame or publicity, but because we're just doing it. One church says it this way, that their fingerprints would be everywhere and their name nowhere. I love that. That the fingerprints of God and Jesus Christ would be everywhere because his saints are loving God and loving others, sharing the good news where they're at. But it's not about New Life Church and it's not about us. We'll let God take care of all that. Third, that we would bear gospel-producing fruit as we do that. We have a song that I'm going to play on the video. In a couple weeks, we're going to start singing it together, but I want to introduce it to you this way, kind of like we've had the other songs. If you want to start singing with it this morning, do it. I'm going to. I can't quit listening to the song right now in my life. It's, it's all about him. Let me pray, and then after the song, we are dismissed. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the truth of your word, your gospel that transforms our hearts and our lives. A gospel that is freely given that we do not have to earn. Oh, what a relief that is. Our part is choosing to trust you, Father. So God, if there's anybody here this morning that they, they would quit the merry-go-round of cycling through the meaningless, unanswerable questions by trying things of the world to find meaning and purpose, Lord, and instead set that aside and choose you. God, for those of us who do know you already, Father, that we would preach the good news of Jesus Christ, the supremacy of Jesus Christ to ourselves each and every day that we might 
love you even more fully, that we might love those around us. And Father, that we would be courageous and willing to share the best news with those you bring to our lives. Your precious and holy name, amen.